You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. And I'm Angie, your host. I have in the studio with me, Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello, Angie. Well, hello, and once again, diving in to discipleship. Probably my favorite series that we've done so far. This is something where you started this, honestly. You started talking discipleship, and then God just ran with it in my life, and now it's everywhere around me, and I'm so inspired. Today, I really want to talk with our friends about why it's our personal responsibility to do this. Here's my impression of the larger church. I'm not saying individual churches, the church as a whole. Like some people call it the big C church, right? Right. I would say most people look to the pastor to spread the gospel message, that that's their job. That's, it's kind of an unspoken rule right? or an unspoken thing that we put on our pastors, that they're the ones who are qualified and they're the ones who know what they're saying. So if you had a friend, you would bring them to your pastor to find salvation. Am I right? That's perfect. And actually, Angie, I'm going to share a personal testimony about that that my wife shared through Revive. And she said, well, you know, and this was like the second week. And she says, you know, always before, if I would run into somebody who I felt like, man, they're ready to receive the Lord. She goes, that's the first thing that I would do. I would bring them to church and introduce them to the pastor so he or she could lead them to the Lord. (laughs) And that was my wife. Right. And she said, I learned that I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. And in fact, God expects me to do this. Right. That is the thing that we need to make sure people hear. Yeah. Is that when Jesus says, go and make disciples, he's talking to every one of us. Right. It doesn't take a pastoral degree. It doesn't take seminary. It takes a willing heart and he will do the rest. So I think we should jump into scripture. I think we should, Angie. Let's go. And we always talk about Matthew 28, 19 and 20 and that for the Great Commission. But today uh, we're going to look into Mark, Mark chapter 16. And he starts in verse 15. And he said to them, to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Interesting pause here, Angie, because do we really still believe that if you don't believe, you'll be condemned? I mean, I think that's a great place to start in our belief system. Do we believe that there is a heaven and a hell? Right. And if you're not following Christ, you're going to hell. Right. If that is a sobering reality, but does the big C church believe that any still anymore? Yeah. And here's the other thing. He's saying to go and preach the gospel. Does everyone know what the gospel is? I don't think so. I found it personally when you say, go to the gospel of, or go to the gospels and read about Jesus. And people don't know what the gospels are in the Bible. And they don't understand what the gospel is. Right. Gospel literally means good news. Yes. And it's the story of Christ, what he did. Yeah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four accounts of exactly what Jesus did from beginning to end. I mean, he's throughout the whole Bible. Right. Let's not let's not say anything different, but that is what the gospel is. Right. And 
in order for good news to be really good, you have to really understand what the bad news is. <laughs> that right? is so and true. And so the bad news, he who does not believe will be condemned. And that, without saying, is condemned to hell. So our personal responsibility is what I'm hearing you saying is to make sure that people understand that there's a reality. Right. Now, we're not going to go around and saying, you're going to hell, right? We're <laughs> yeah, not going to exactly. go around we're and say that. We're not judging them, right. But there is a reality that there is the way, the truth, the life, and yes. that's Jesus. It is. And that takes me over to John chapter 15. And Jesus saying, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Okay, and I'm going to skip over to verse 6. It was interesting because it says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and then gathered and thrown into the fire and they are burned. Now, what's interesting about that, Angie, when you talk about personal responsibility, wow, that sounds harsh. It does. It's saying, I really need you to bear fruit. And in fact, if you're not, you're going to be cast out, you're going to wither, and you're going to be cast into the fire. So how does that become our responsibility to everybody else around us? Right. So in order to love, and we talked about this before, Angie, in order to love, you have to know Jesus's love. Mm-hmm. You have to abide in him. You have to stay with him. And he wants everybody to be saved. Exactly. He says it in his word as well. Exactly. He wills that none perish, but that all come to repentance and come to knowledge of Lord and Savior. But here's the cool thing. Jesus is saying, just live in me, just stay with me, and you will bear fruit. That's Mm. what he's looking for, us to bear fruit to what? What does that fruit that we bear do? It feeds others Mm. the good news. I heard a friend say, I want to bear so much fruit that people are drawn to it and that they pluck it and eat of it. And I was like, I love that picture. Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. I love that picture. Yeah, that is so good. And so it takes me then over to 2 Corinthians 5, because then the question begs, and everybody says this, well, you know, like, I don't have that calling. Oh, I've heard that. I don't I have don't feel that drawn to ministry. That. Yeah, right? no. Yeah, no. You may here. not be called to be a missionary and go to a foreign country, but you are called to be a disciple maker. But you are called to be a disciple maker, and you are called to be a missionary wherever you live. That's true. I'm going to go over to Paul's second letter to the Corinthian church in chapter 5, starting in verse 17. I'm going to start in 17 because it says, If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, and old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Interestingly, I'm reading that in context with this because then he turns around and says in verse 18, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. What is reconciliation, Angie? What is that? Well, I think of reconciliation between two people is when you bring them back together, back to the state of them being back in good standing with each other. Yeah, that's good. It's interesting. The uh, online dictionary says this, the restoration of family relations. Mm. 
And so interestingly enough on that line, like you're reconciling people to God and you're reconciling that family relationship. Because we are the family of God, right? Exactly. And he wants us back. Right. And he says this in verse 20, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And I have to throw in verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That speaks to me also of bearing fruit. That's what bearing fruit looks like, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Again, why? To feed other people, to bless other people, to encourage them, be reconciled to God, be in relationship with God. That's what disciple is, servant, master, student, teacher, being in relationship. That's what we're all to be. And again, part of the Great Commission is, listen, we've got to help one another. We've got to teach one another. And you know what, Angie? Have you ever been taught by someone that you thought didn't know as much as you? Have you ever had that happen to you? Yes. And I have a lot, Angie. The point is, listen, we all have something to offer, and it is our responsibility. If we have been reconciled to God ourselves, then we've been given a ministry to reconcile others. And so that's our personal responsibility. It is not the other guys. Right, right. (laughs) No matter who you try to point to, it is... Your responsibility, yours and mine, it is our responsibility to be sharing this message and to make disciples of the world. And you may think that's a big word and a big responsibility, but it doesn't have to be that big when you break it down. Get some help and just start doing it. Amen. Live it out. Let's go ahead and move over to our testimony time. And with me on the air today, via telephone, is my dear friend, Ed Green. And Ed Green is an elder, and Ed Green is a brother, and Ed Green is a friend, and Ed Green is a lot of things to me. And so I'm excited that you were able to take a couple minutes to join us today on the program, Ed. Oh, you're welcome, Mark. Good to be with you guys. Yeah, and so today we're continuing on, and this is... This is the segment that we do, which we call the testimony piece. So this is where we get real life examples of what we're talking about mm-hmm. today. And discipleship is the topic today. Ed, is discipleship something that's just becoming archaic in the church? Well, it can be. Um, one thing we want to do in churches is turn discipleship into another one of our programs. Mm. and I understand people need programs, but the church is about ministry, right? Yes. So we need to equip and prepare the saints for ministry. When somebody comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and is filled with this Holy Spirit, not just Jesus is my Savior, but I have accepted Jesus as Lord of my life, and I want to surrender that life. Jesus put together a toolbox hmm. that we could we could do this in life. We could do this this side of heaven. And on the top of that toolbox is the letters discipleship. And in Matthew 28, 19, 20, you know that's the Great Commission. But how Jesus leads out in that when he says, all authority is given to me on heaven and earth, I have to set back 
And I have to think about all the people that I've sent under their teaching and all the things I've been taught in Christian ministry and all the things I've been taught through my local church. And I have to think sometimes we need to set underneath all authority. Sometimes we need to be discipled by Jesus Christ Amen. and programs and, and all those things we do are great, but man, look at the model of discipleship Jesus put in front of us. If you think about his disciples, think about the day they're in teaching mode and they say, master, mm. teach us how to pray. Wow. Not teach us how to fix eyes and legs and body parts and extremities and make everybody wealthy and happy. But Lord, teach us how to communicate with you. Wow. And I'm, I'm telling you what, to me, that is the crux of discipleship, learning, teaching folks how to communicate with the authority and the master over all in our lives. So Jesus really took that authority, Ed, and he handed mm-hmm. it to us. He had the keys. Yeah. He had the keys to the it, kingdom. There's yeah. nobody that disputes that. Jesus has Absolutely. the keys to the kingdom, and he handed them over to us. Why? In order to make more disciples. Yeah, and it's a privilege to know that so many of us search for our gifts, don't we? Yeah. And, and we take gifts assessments. I've taken gifts assessments, but he's given us that. He's given us the keys. He's given us the toolbox and to go out and make more disciples. And so many people struggle with what that looks like. Well, Lord, give me your eyes to see. Give me your heart to feel and your power to overcome and get out in that world and get your feelers out and your sensitivities open. <laughs> That's good. He's going to lead you right to it right every on. time. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's working with it. He's He's itching to work with us. He's itching Amen. to show us those opportunities to disciple, right? He's itching yeah. to walk it out with us, to be the power of God unto salvation through us to other people. So, and I guess, you know, thinking about that, how in the world do we begin to tell the church? How do we begin to show the church that discipleship, it's a multiple syllable word. Like, how do we begin to say to the church, this is still relevant. This is still the Great Commission, this is still what Jesus wants us to do, because I just feel like right. um, the church is like, well, I don't know how relevant it is in today's culture. Right. Well, things that we cease to talk about in the church become irrelevant. Mm. Um, we don't talk about sin. We don't talk about the blood. We don't talk about those things that are, are sneaking in. You know, the lion that prowls around to devour. He's after the saints. Yes. So, so we don't talk about those things that will ward off that, that enemy. And believe me, when we have people in discipleship mode, the devil hates it. The devil flees from it. The devil don't know how to handle it. And when people are getting together and they're serious about equipping the saints to do the work of the Lord, the, the great commission that he's commanded us to, uh, the devil just doesn't have a whole lot of room in that place. And Mark, I honestly believe this. I've been in leadership for a lot, a lot of years. 
I believe and I know that it comes from the top. It comes from the pastors and the elders in the local church to make discipleship a priority for each believer and for each new convert coming into that church. Hey, you know what? Glad. Welcome to the family of God. You know what? We're going to hit the ground running. I want you. I want you in the pastor's discipleship class for six weeks. Um, after that, we, we have some leaders, some elders in the church, and we're going to take you through, through some practical discipleship. And uh, you know what? If we don't have a plan, what do we have? We yeah. just we have chaos that drifts off to the side, and it's not important, and it doesn't seem relevant. But yet it, it is, and, and absolutely. So I, I just believe it starts with the local church, the, the leadership in the church, uh, the folks in the church, and, and like I said, us personally just going to all authority for our discipleship. Yeah, and I guess, and I think we do have to take it personally. And I know that's not yeah. exactly the way that you worded it, but that's kind of the way right. I heard it, and, I, and, and it kind of hit my spirit. It's like, we have to take discipleship personally. You know what? It, it's, a, it's a personal call. You know, when, when, when Jesus called Peter, he called him personally. When he called James and, and John and Andrew, yeah. like, he called them personally. We have to take discipleship personally. And when Jesus Absolutely. had the 12, I mean, they took it personally. And you know what they yeah. ended up doing? Ed, they ended up forsaking their lives. Yeah, isn't that right? They walked away from the nets. Yes. They walked away from everything they trust. They put their faith in, and and they followed this Jesus, the the essence of all authority. You know, when you're around that and you feel that and you sense that, you you gravitate toward that. So that's what those disciples were doing. It's true, Ed. I'm thinking about this. So this discipleship thing is it really costly? Is it going to cost me something as a Christian? I think it better. I, <laughs> I, I think anything that's worth uh, doing, as we know, has a cost to it. You know, what, what has your walk cost you? What has Christianity cost you in general? Every avenue of this walk we take and, and we pick up this cross and we decide we're going to go deeper with the Lord there. Yeah, there seems to be a cost to it. And, and it may start in your home. You know, your, your spouse may be bothered by it a little bit. Your kids may make a little bit of fun of it. Um, you know, why, why are you always in this stuff? Why are you always doing this church? Why, why, why? And you know what, if you can start there and you can bring them along, then man, you are armed and dangerous to walk out into this world and to bring them the message of the gospel and, and this great commission. That's kind of a starting point for her. That's 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 so true, Ed. And so the the biggest thing is is we do, you know, we want the hearers, the listeners today, we want them to be encouraged to really re-embrace discipleship. But the truth yeah. is though, Ed, it's not it's just like salvation. I mean, yeah, it's not your life is not gonna be a rose garden from there on. I mean, it right. is in this life right. you will have tribulation. If you're a discipleship you know, person, if you're a disciple maker, it is going to cost you. There is work involved. It's messy at times, right, Ed? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you, you, you look at it like the person that's sick and tired of carrying extra weight and, and they determine to lose the weight. That's the decision that you make to do that. You flip the switch and you go. You, you think about the person who was a, 
addicted to drugs or alcohol or sex or whatever it is, nothing changes until that person is sick and tired of being sick and tired and determines they want change. And I think, I think that's where we fail to get with things like discipleship and fulfilling the Great Commission. We, we don't hurt. We, we don't let it cost us. We want to find a comfortable program, and we want to add it to the list of things we've done in the church. And, and that's sad because discipleship at times is going to be painful. It's going to take you out of comfort zones. It's going to hurt. But in the long run, it's rewarding. I mean, it, it brings you closer to Jesus. It gets you in front of people that are desperate to, that, you know, we walk around death every day, people who have a death sentence on them. We possess the words of life, mm. and yet we hold that in. And unfortunately, we're so desensitized with everything else we're involved in, we can't even see it. Wow. And, and that's what I'm saying. We we got to get to the point where all this just breaks us and I'm going to lose this weight. I'm going to get off these drugs. I'm going to get over this alcohol. I'm going to get on a discipleship program with Jesus and I ain't looking back. And, and yeah, I know it's going to cost and I know there's going to be some cost involved. But you know what? Boy, I'd, I'd rather put some investment in Jesus than about anything else I've ever tried. Wow. That's it right there. It's yeah. you and I investing our lives in other people, but we're really investing our lives in Christ. And that's Amen. what that's how Amen. we that's how we have to look at it. It's like, no, I'm making yeah. an investment into this person. I'm making an investment into the kingdom of God. But I'm really yeah. making an investment with my life into Christ. Yeah. Amen. And that's really how we the, have the, to look the at The rewards it. are eternal. Oh. I think, you know, look, look at a Christian brother, sister today and say, do you realize that you live forever? Yeah. And what are you doing in this life today that will be put in that account, that eternal account? Man, that's. I think about that all the time. Amen. That's making a deposit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love yeah, it. Amen. I love it. So, yeah, Ed, I'm, I'm so grateful that you carved out this time with us today. And, of course, it always just flies. And they say, you know, you blink and it's over. But, man, yeah. I loved this discussion. I think the, the listeners are going to be encouraged. But we aren't just yeah. sugarcoating it. We aren't candy coating it. I mean, it is reality. Right. And it is how. How yeah. we are to give our lives to the Lord. And so, Ed, thanks for sharing from your heart, again, and letting the listeners oh, you're get so to know welcome. you. And man, yep. I appreciate you and your heart, and and please carry on, my brother. Carry on. I sure uh, will, brother. Continue to pray for you and your ministry and your family and all that you do for Christ. So thanks for uh, yes. for having this time with us today, Ed. Yes, thanks for having me. I, I sure enjoyed it, Mark. Great. And you've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.